Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Time listeners and those who have been tuning in each week for a while all across the nation and some a few as statistics show us that are are tuning in from different parts of the world as well from time to time um, also want to specifically this week thank anybody who's coming for the very first time I want to welcome you to listening to the FMC radio show and uh, I'm specifically pointing that out the hello to the new people, because I actually got a message this past week from none other than the infamous Jeff Finley. And uh, you'll remember we talked to Jeff Finley um, in episode 25 back in September on this show about what happens at Light and Life magazine and some of the history and some of the, the work that's he that he's doing in Indianapolis over there at the World Ministry Center. Um, but I just got a message from him um, asking uh, some details and, and kind of running through with me a, a short blurb that he was going to be putting in the in the uh, Tuesday's Pastors and Leaders email newsletter. So um, this is this is being put out. This episode's being put out on Monday, but tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, then May twenty second, uh, is when the newsletter comes out. So if there's some new listeners listening to this from that uh, plug, and maybe you've never heard of it before, but now you're kind of tuning in for the very first time. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you go back and listen to uh, the other 56 episodes. Uh, go back and, and, and scroll through some of the titles, see if anything catches your eye. Uh, we have done um, all sorts of different interviews and, and discussions and um, from topical type stuff, top 10 lists uh, involving hymns and uh, we've gone into um, interviewing leaders and, and bishops, and we've had all the bishops on at one time or another. Um, so there is there's, it really just endless. I mean, again, 56 other different episodes, and, and we'll continue to put one out each and every Monday um, until we you know kind of dry up or, or I can't do it anymore, one or the other. Um, but it's exciting to, uh, to, to get the word out to some new people here through the newsletter. And again, we want to welcome you uh, if you are new to the show. That being said, um, I wanted to, before we get into our main interview for today with somebody from the World Ministry Center, I'll let you find out who that is here in a moment. Before we do that, I, I wanted to play a short clip from um, an interview, almost a, kind of an interview, but I, I recorded a conversation that I had with a couple that I met at the Ohio Conference, the Ohio Annual Conference a couple weeks back. And uh, I've been waiting for the right time to play it, and I've had a couple clips that I that I recorded there that I've been playing over the last few weeks. And uh, I decided this week's the week to play this couple. They're telling their love story, their their story of meeting at a Free Methodist camp, and uh, things evolved from there. And uh, they have been married now for quite some time. So this is the couple that I met, and here is their story. Well, we're here at the uh, Ohio Annual Conference, just a normal annual conference. I was just uh, finishing up after the 
Friday session we just had um, uh, service and everything go on. Happened to just meet uh, the Smiths here. They're from Caldwell Free Methodist Church. Uh, they are both, uh, well, maybe Larry, you're just the delegate, but you just came along, Susan. Right. Okay, so they were just here and just happened to, to mention that they listened to the show, so we were talking a little bit, and they had a pretty cool story. I haven't heard all the details yet, but uh, of meeting through a, through a camp. So tell us a little bit about that. What, what was the story behind that? Well, I became uh, the reserve delegate for Center Free Methodist Church, and Betty Cater was the main delegate, and okay. she brought me along uh, to the conference campgrounds. Mm-hmm. And we arrived, of course, on the Thursday, and we were anxious for camp and conference and everything. And I noticed a car that said Noble County, and I thought, oh, someone else is here from Noble County. Yeah. And Noble County has three free Methodist churches, so I was representing Caldwell as their delegate that year. The year was 1986, in July, and... So that was about two months after I was born, just to, just to say. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> and um, then, like I said, the car was there with the Noble County license, and eventually uh, I saw a man come out the side door of the dormitory, and I thought, oh, uh, I wonder who that is. Yeah. And... Um, in the process, Betty has talked to Larry, and he said, or she said what? He, he don't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so he's looking for, to meet up with some people. Right. Yeah. And I, I had met Betty. She worked at the bank, so I knew you know, her. And of course, I knew the Center Free Methodist Church and been there, but hadn't really recognized Susan. So um, as we went on that night, here the... Um, uh, power went out, and I was uh, designated to get uh, free Methodist cookbooks for our church at Center. I got 16 cookbooks, and in the process then, the next uh, the power went out, so most everyone went to bed and so forth. So the next day, um, uh, Friday, what happened Friday? Susan asked me if I'd help her lug the cookbooks to her car. Okay. Well, then Friday... Um, it ended up that that was the 4th of July, and um, I, was, I was ready to go see the fireworks with anybody. I mean, if, whoever would have asked me, I would have went right. to go see the fireworks. <laughs> but it ended up they had fireworks right across the road from the campground. Oh, okay. And um, so we did get to see some fireworks. So then on, what day was our anniversary? December 27th. 86 we got married a couple months after the actual camp then right get meeting up and ended up ended up getting married now it's been how many years 31 31 years okay so 31 years 32 years this year right because I was gonna say because that today's my birthday May 4th so I'm 32 this year 86 so that means 86 that would be this would be okay 32 yeah. Wow. So that's exciting. So it's a real free Methodist love story. Now, if there's, if there's uh, youth out there listening and you're going to this free Methodist camp this summer to meet your love, um, you know, maybe that's not the best thing to do, depending. But but who's to say? You might meet somebody. <laughs> that's not the main reason you should be going to that camp. But uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for. Uh, all things are possible. For, yeah, all things are possible. So. Uh,
Well, I mentioned last week that uh, we were going to be talking to someone from the World Ministry Center today, and I didn't reveal who that person was, but uh, able to reveal now because I've got him here on the line. This is Mark Dowley. He is our new COO as of the beginning of this year, I believe. And uh, Mark, thanks for coming on and talking to us today. Hey, thanks a lot, Josh. Thanks for having me. So it has been since January 1st, right? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you uh, started, yeah, I'd call it January 1st. Okay. I was in in late December, but January 1st would be my official start date, yes. Okay, okay. So let's back up from there and, and just kind of hear, I mean, I just got to meet you um, just very briefly at this uh, last Ohio annual conference, um, uh-huh. and we didn't get to talk much, and I didn't even, I haven't even heard yet, um, just kind of your history and your background, um, just personally, and, and both um, kind of le- what led to this January 1st coming into um, your role that you're in now. Okay, sure. Um, my background is um, I have grown up in the Free Methodist Church my entire life. Um, my grandfather on my mother's side was, in fact, a Free Methodist pastor. Okay. Um, not at a church we attended, but before I was born. He had, so we, we have you know history that goes goes way back as far as uh, um, being involved in the Free Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. I grew up in um, Spring Arbor, Michigan, which is in South Central Michigan, and uh, attended the Free Methodist Church there. Um, as, as I was growing up, I uh, went to the Spring Arbor College, which is in the same town. That's where I met my uh, my wife. Or actually, that's where I met a girl named Diane, and later she became my wife. And we'll be celebrating 33 years this summer. Oh, uh, we great. Have, uh, I like to tell people we have one adult son okay. who is 25. We have one adult daughter who's 22. Uh-huh. And we have one two-and-a-half-year-old golden retriever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, so, but, um, and they live in Spring Harbor. They're both, my, my son graduated from Greenville College. Uh, my daughter and son both live in the area in Spring Harbor. Uh, they have jobs and so on. Uh, my wife is a elementary teacher, and uh, she is working with first graders this year. So, um, Great. That's kind of a background um, from a church standpoint. From a personal standpoint, uh, my dad owned a, a tool business. We made automotive hand tools. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of grew up in the business world. Um, during vacations, summertime, Christmas vacation, and so on, I would work at the, at the factory. And um, when I went to college, I got a business to, uh, administration degree. Um, and so... After graduating college, I went to work full time for the company. Okay. Um, after man, well, maybe a dozen years or so, my dad decided to retire. Uh, I bought the company from him and continued to operate that. We basically sold autom- special purpose tools that the professional mechanics would use to fix cars and light trucks, and um, we would sell them with our customer's name on it. So we did private labeling. So we would sell products to the, the household names that most people have heard of before. We would sell to Snap-on Tools. We sold product to Stanley. We sold product to Mac Tools, Matco, uh, you name it. Basically, if they were a tool company, we would probably sell them something. Oh, okay. And then we, we also had uh, international sales. So we sold products in Europe, Australia, Middle East, and so on. Okay, so, awesome. Um, Maybe 
can remember, you know, everybody says they remember where they were on 9-11. Right. I was negotiating to sell the company in Chicago on 9-11. And uh, we ended up selling the company at the end of that year because basically our product was a product that we made in the United States with uh, United States steel and everything. And the international markets were becoming more competitively uh, quality-wise. And so we just said, hey, you know, it's time, time to time to get out. And so I told the company, and then I was like, now what am I going to do? So for a number mm-hmm. of years, I just kind of got to know my family again because I did uh, a lot of traveling. Um, and basically got involved in real estate development, and Internet, things, things, you know, different, dabbled in different things. And... Um, my pastor, I uh, was involved in the church, and our my pastor got to know me because I was on the leadership team. I was chairman of the finance committee, things like that. So he became superintendent of Southern Michigan. His name is hmm. Thomas Ramundo. Okay. And he would uh, occasionally call me and say, "Hey, can you look at this? I want you to get you know pick your brain on things." Sure. Well, one time he called and basically said, "Hey." would you consider coming to work for Southern Michigan Conference? Ah, okay. So, so we, we prayed about it, my wife and I, and uh, we talked about it and said, yeah, let's do that. So nice. became the business administrator for Southern Michigan Conference, and I was in that position for about nine years in about just a little, uh, little less than, uh, or a little more than a year ago now, I got a call out of the blue from Bishop Dave Kendall. He was the bishop for the central region, and so I, of course, knew him through conference work and so on. Mm-hmm. And he called and said, I'd like you to consider putting your name in the hat for the COO position because Larry Roberts, the uh, the current COO at the time, was retiring at, at year end. Yeah. And so I said, well, okay. Um, I didn't know. He was retiring. I never thought about it. Um, but I, all my life, I've kind of been the guy. I always say, yeah, I look under the rock. And I'd rather say no than, and no why, rather than just, you know, leave it there and wonder, you know, right. wonder what if. Yeah. So I said, well, I know what a COO is, but what is a COO for the World Ministry Center, you know? Yeah. And so he said, well, um, what we'll do is, if, if you agree, I will have Bishop Thomas contact you and he can give you a little bit better idea what the job is so I okay said, okay i don't want to commit to anything and frankly I, i'm concerned because i don't want my superintendent who now is a different person it's bruce rhodes we're a good friend i don't want him to think that i'm unhappy and that i'm looking to leave you yeah know, just in case this doesn't work out you know mm-hmm. and so he said no, i'll take care of that so uh, one thing led to another, to another, and I had a number of conversations um, with the bishops, and eventually I got a phone call from Bishop Thomas about a year ago now saying that uh, they would like me to basically come to Indy and uh, be the chief operating officer. So that's kind of the, the history of how we got to today, so to speak. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So so um, you initially going in when you were first asked to look at this, you weren't sure exactly what 
a COO, the chief operating officer, all involved. And I think that is my question too. So, so I mean, and, and many maybe people that are listening, it's one of the things about this podcast is that I kind of started it a little over a year ago, not knowing, and I, I, I guess in nine years in the Free Methodist Church, I, I knew a lot, but not knowing some of the details, uh, especially some of what different people do and kind of what the de- the depth of what goes on. So I know um, it's probably very likely that many of the people who are attending churches just go, now, I know there's a uh, chief operating officer, but what in the world is a COO? I mean, what does what do you do? <laughs> yeah, basically the COO's uh, responsibility is, okay, the bishops set the uh, strategic priorities for the denomination. Right. And they say, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And the, the role of the COO is to assist them and to do it within budget. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. So basically carry out the, make sure that the... Uh, the various uh, departments within the Free Methodist denomination are um, all basically rowing at the same time and pushing in the same direction so that we can accomplish the strategic priorities that, that were set by uh, our, our bishops. So, okay. you know, at the World Ministries Center, we have, you know, a finance department, we have communications, we have international child care, we have, um, who, am I, who am I missing? We have administration. Um, ICCM, I'm not sure if I repeated them or not, but anyway, we have yeah. um, uh, human resources and so on, and so I work with all the different departments in uh, running the denomination from that standpoint. We have the pension plan through the human resources, for example, um, and we make sure that uh, we operate um, within budget mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, answer questions. My My emphasis has been we're behind the scenes at the World Ministry Center. And, you know, pastors yeah. like you, for example, you're on the front line. And so we have really stressed um, we want to provide excellent customer service. And customers are going to be pastors, superintendents of conferences, the bishops, missionaries, uh, donors, and so on. We want to be able to provide excellent customer service to them. Um, and so that's really been what our emphasis has been so far this year cool well yeah it's um, as you're talking i was kind of thinking about some of the things you were saying and kind of the um almost like a uh i'm picturing a camera zooming out in a sense of uh, a few weeks ago we were able to speak to um uh, jerry coates from uh-huh. the iccm or i'm sorry from um the, yeah free methodist world missions and and so i was talking to him about how he gets the chance to really hear about all these areas in the world um uh, you know he's not just in one country but he's able to oversee them all and so he's able yep. to get a taste for all of this and we zoom out even one layer from there now and kind of what you're saying is kind of it, it, with this job it's kind of cool i imagine because you're able to see all these areas you're hearing stories coming in from not only you know the free methodist world missions but also iccm and and light and life you're hearing all these different areas kind of reporting um so that's a that's a great position to be in i would think yeah i've loved it so far it's been great it's just been real fun yeah was it your first time um when you came into this role working or i'm sorry having ever attended or been a part of or visited the world ministry center I attended there, uh, the, the World Ministry Center in Indianapolis, years ago, and I don't remember how many, 15, 20 years ago, just as a visitor to see it, okay? Okay. Um, 
And then, I, because in the last nine and a half years, I worked for the Southern Michigan Conference. We would uh, obviously we would communicate with uh, the World Mystery Center on lots of different issues. And so I had been there. Let's see, I'm saying maybe three or four times during that time period. Uh, and then when Bishop Thomas called and said, "Yeah, we want you to to be our COO," I made probably I don't know six or eight trips to Indianapolis from about this time last year through the end of the year for various meetings and meeting people and attending functions and so on. Okay. So it was becoming a little bit more familiar. Obviously, it's a lot more familiar now. But Sure. Yeah, and uh, I was just, um, the other day I saw, actually I think it was just yesterday or the day before, I saw um, Kristen Bennett Marble posting something on Facebook that she had led a service there, a she chapel led, at the yeah, World Ministry Center. We have a monthly chapel service oh, for monthly, the okay. staff here, and she led it for us yesterday morning. That was really nice. Oh, cool. So I don't know what she put on her post, but she had everyone trace their hand and write their name and one prayer request. Okay. And then we taped them on the walls, and then we went around and we prayed for everyone. It was oh, really nice. nice. I've never seen that done. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, that's really cool. So, yeah, that was going to ask you. So it's a monthly thing, um, and kind of everybody from all the areas come down and, and engage in that. That's cool. Yep. So, yeah, we have uh, monthly staff meetings, um, uh-huh. and that's more informational where the various uh, department heads will give an update on what's going on in their area so that everybody seems to, you know, get an idea of what the whole organization's working on. Uh, but the chapel is just chapel. I mean, it's a, it's a chapel service. That's great. Yeah, so in the last, I mean, it hasn't even been a full year yet um, of working there, but what's your what's your overall thought on working at the World Ministry Center? What do you think? I like it. And we got a really good group of people. Um, yeah. One of the things that I did early on so I get to know people is I did one-on-one interviews with each person, and uh, I would ask them, literally, because I, I'm not real familiar, I wasn't at the time, it was Indianapolis, okay? So I would ask questions about the people, but I'd also say, so, you know, where do you go get a good burger, you know? Yeah. So, and so got to know the people, and um, then I had uh, a number of questions related to, you know, what's, what's important that we keep? What's, what are you afraid I might do that I shouldn't do and so on? And so it's really okay. good to be able to uh, have people, you know, have basically tell me what they think and what they believe and how they see things. That was, that's been real helpful. And so what I came away with is we have a really good, very caring, they really care about what they do uh, group of people here. Yeah, I was only able, I was able to visit uh, later last year, and um, just of course as a visitor, just being able to see everything and and get that sense of everyone kind of working together, and and you can really kind of tell um, the personality of the different areas almost. You can go into one area and kind of distinguish just in the, in the way that they've decorated and things too. And sure, I, yeah. I said this last year, but I'll I'll say to those listening again, if you get the chance to go down and and you know visit, especially now that the historical um, society, this historical group has put together um, that the chapel is finished and things. It's a great chance to get down there, go on a tour, you know, check out some of the stuff that's down there as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would I'd, uh, encourage people if they haven't been here, they you, let me know and I'll give you the tour myself if you want. And um, um, and if you have been here, but it's been a while, things are different now, so you should come and take another peek, especially with the historical area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going back to that idea of, of kind of 
you're hearing about all these areas, whether it's at the staff meeting or just in the day to day. I always I always find stories interesting. Um, ha, have you come across any good stories recently involving you know the Free Methodist Church or any of the areas that that would be great to to share? You know, probably the thing that gets me the most excited when you talk about a great story is being able to hear. Um, you know, growing up, I was in Southern Michigan, and if you are just a guy in a church, you tend to think your church is how it's always done. That's just the way the way your church does it is whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. what is the way it's done across the country or the world. And so the thing that's been exciting is to be exposed to, well, for example, when I visited the Ohio Conference, Ohio Conferences run differently than the South Atlantic Conference or the yeah. Southern Michigan Conference. And it's just, it's fun to see the personality in the in the different areas and the, the pastors that are that make up that conference, and so it's just been uh, exciting to see the things that are underway that we haven't you know reaped the harvest yet, but you can clearly see the things are being planted. It's it's really been fun to see that, and you get to see that not just in one area but across the country and the world. Frankly, I mean, look, for example, you're when you know you gave you you spoke at the Ohio conference. Yeah, about the about the Freedom Church. That's that's exciting because that's a church that was about to close, and now it's on a different trajectory. So those are the types sure. of things that I find interesting and fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So so you're seeing these things going on, and you're kind of um, well. Of course, we're preparing um, for some things that we know are coming in the future next uh, next um, year, next summer. We've got the general conference coming up, and and we've yeah. been excited for that. Kind of getting ready for that, talking to um, some people about what that's going to look like. Um, what what when you think about the future of the Free Methodist Church, what are you most excited about? I think the the, the new uh, concepts where you know it used to be if you started a church, they had to have you know two double doors at the end with a center aisle and you know across at the behind the pulpit. Yeah. And now we're experimenting with um, ways to engage neighborhoods and communities that is not as traditional. And I'm not saying we're throwing that out. Obviously, that's right. not what we're doing. But, I mean, we're also trying different ways to, to get people to engage in, um, in church. And yeah. that's just been exciting. Yeah, I remember a guy uh, that actually you you I think you were there uh, still during this time. I'm not sure, but a guy who came up at the Ohio conference and spoke about uh, work that they're doing in Columbus. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, and, and that's one example of that. He, you know, had had spent some other pastoral years trying to figure out how to get people off the streets into the church, and then he kind of thought, now at this new thing in Columbus, he's realized it's. Well, okay, now it's about we're going to go into the streets, and that's where they're going to meet the people, and there's a lot going on there um, with that project, but that's really kind of a, an example of exactly what you were just saying. Yep. Yeah, that's... yeah I just see, I see a lot of um, just neat ideas that, uh, that people are, are working on to uh, try to get uh, basically uh, to grow the kingdom. I mean, that's... It's, you know, different ways to, to uh, get the same result. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And uh, I'm excited to see as well and, and hear kind of, of what's going to be coming within the next year. And, of course, we're going to, uh, about a year from now, come together at, in Orlando and, and hear 
um, some celebrations, share some stories from the past four years before, since we've met up all together, and then we're going to kind of look towards the future, I'm sure, as well, a little bit. Um, Absolutely, but, yeah, we're, we've been working on it uh, since, uh, I mean, my role has been, starting in January, we're working on it, we're having regular meetings and communications, um, registration is open. So if you go to gc19.org, you can see the registration page, and you can register for General Conference. It's next July. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to put it. So it's, uh, we're really putting together. I think it's going to be a really exciting, I know it's going to be a really exciting program just from what we see so far. Yeah, definitely. I'll put a link in the show notes again to that so all the listeners can go ahead and click through. Um, there, I'll probably keep on putting it in the show because it's it's a great chance for you. You register for this, and as I said on the last show, you know if you're if you're listening and you say oh, I'd like to go, but I don't have the money. I mean, talk to your pastor, talk to your leadership team, whoever it is, um, and say you know maybe you could put together some fundraisers. I'm sure there's more than you listening who are interested in going uh, from your church if they knew about this opportunity. So um, you know it's not just for pastors. It's not just um, for leaders in that regard, it could be for anybody listening, um, anybody's invited, anybody can come down and, and be a part of what's going on. So, um, well, thank you so much uh, for for coming on and talking to us today, explaining to us what a COO does <laughs> and what it's all about. Okay. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing more. If you hear any exciting stuff, make sure you, uh, you send me a message and we'll get the word out to everybody. Talk to you soon. All right, thank you.